0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
2: Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show. is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel 94 Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show.
3: Three years ago today, Gronk didn't have the angle, and the Patriots franchise imploded for at least one season. Welcome in, folks, to a bye episode edition of SB Nation's FinCider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I am your host, Josh Houts, which means I am joined by the greatest co-host in the world, my partner, Jake Mendel. How are you doing today, Jake? Josh, what is going on? We
2: have our five-game winning streak going on, and I thought today we could kind of go into a prelude
3: for the bye week. I, I don't know. Josh, what's your favorite type of music? I like, I like Modest Mouse. I'm a diehard Modest Mouse fan. Any I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they have like 15 albums. No, and lo- I've never heard of Well, them. no, you, you know, I, I can float, name the you, one song. Yeah, Float On, the shitty one <laughs> that sorry. everyone knows. And that's when they got all like mainstream. So I'm a diehard Modest Mouse fan before all that popularity. Sorry, sorry. What about you, man?
2: I, I, uh, I do, I dabble a little bit of everywhere. I, uh, will say I have tried listening to other Modest Mouse songs and, I think it must have just been that I went in expecting what it wasn't. You weren't on drugs.
3: You weren't on drugs. That's probably what it it is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But but basically what I'm getting out here is uh, a lot of albums have preludes to songs. And uh, a lot of mixtapes have a bunch of preludes that might just be different beats or might just be some guy yelling for 45 seconds. I know riffraff does that quite a lot. So Josh, that's what I wanted us to do today. You know, we get, we, we love to throw our stats out there. I know that's not the greatest thing to listen to via podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to be like our good pal, Ian, we're going to put our feet up and you know what? We're going to give you guys a little prelude and we're going to talk about Josh, five things we may be thinking about as we watch football on Sunday. Not only is it the fantasy playoffs, maybe they start next week, Uh, but this is our last break, man, until
3: the home stretch. Yeah, man, I'm just glad that we're able to come on here and be able to talk about a five-game winning streak because, again, we no talk bad. about it, every podcast. If we we're heading into what? This would be a 12-game losing streak possibly. And, I mean, I don't know about you, Jake, but I do not think we'd come on here every day and talk about that. That would just be awful. So I'm glad the Dolphins oh, God, are no. doing well. I'm glad we're this close to 500. And Christmas is right around the corner, man. I couldn't think of a better way. You know, if we get to Christmas, Dolphins are 500 or above 500. And, you know, we still are in the hunt and have that little bit of glimmer of hope heading into the end of the year.
2: It seems like it's just always destined for that each and every year. Uh, I mean, man, I remember going back and just looking at the stats of just how this team has been so 500 for so long. It's just absolutely incredible, but uh, all right, Josh. So this is five questions here, five things we're going to think about while we're not panicking about fantasy football. Uh, This one actually came to me in the shower and this one, you know, while you're watching games and you see who's making the big plays, Josh, in hindsight, would you have traded Albert Wilson for Jamison Crowder at the start of the year? Now, I know it's it's divisional rivals, but you got to think Crowder was on the trading block. And I'm going full-blown Madden guy on this, right? I'm just kind of shuffling around players, no rhyme, no reason. But my thought process here is I just think this offense, the one thing that is missing... Weirdly enough, they're surviving with the offensive line, but the opportunities that, you know, third or fourth receiver is getting, and we've seen kind of Durham Smythe fail at it. We've seen Albert Wilson struggle with it at times. So, Josh, basically this is my long-winded way of saying, you know, what could this team be like in the last, you know, four games of the season if there is that next guy becoming available and, and stepping up? And I'm not saying be, you know, a top three, top four guy, but take what's given to him.
3: I I mean, I, I like Jameson Crowder. Are we going definitive with Jameson Crowder here? Is that who we want to talk about or could it be any? That, piece, that's what I know? thought would be a cool one. I, I was just going to say, I mean, I sat here and I'm, I was first thrown back by what you had written down here. And I wanted to go look and make sure, you know, he was playing at a pretty nice level. And I mean, he's made some plays. He's been that liable target and he was available earlier in the year. And I think, you know, when you look at what the Dolphins offense coming into the season, maybe they didn't do something like this because they were relying on a Will Fuller. You know, they had him out there, Devontae Parker. At mm-hmm. one point heading into the season, I think we joked, you know, how are they even going to get waddle these targets? How are they going to, you know, how are these guys going to be able to... You know, but spread July's these targets. But Drew going to have six a game. Yeah, how are they, they going to spread these targets around? How are, is everyone going to be happy? And now you're just seeing it's all Jalen Waddle. So, you know, we're looking at now in hindsight, I mean, I'd much rather have Jamison Crowder, that type of player. I mean, heading into the year, we were all over the moon excited for Albert Wilson. I mean, Wilson gang gang. I've been a huge supporter of his, but I mean, Uh, At some point, you just got to say, you know, he's not going to be that explosive player that completely, you know, shifted the game several years ago. We all remember high five and Jakeem Grant. I mean, he's explosive, but I don't know that he still has that sort of dynamic. So it'd be real nice to have a guy that you can rely on. looking at now he's 28 years old Jamison Crowder might maybe he's available I don't know what his contract looks like but you know maybe this is a player that comes available at some point but uh, I like that Jake it would be an interesting thing to to look back and say how would this offense be different if they had a Jamison Crowder or any other receiver other than you know the Albert Wilson's and Isaiah Ford's of the world yeah so Josh there's four games left in the season and
2: we're gonna go with the idea that Devontae Parker is going to be healthy for the last four um I think some people might've just laughed hearing that will, but for the sake of this argument, we see, we're going to, we're going to
3: go with that by itself. Will we see Will Fuller, Jake, man,
2: that, that is the question because this really goes back to what we were talking about in our recap is, you know, with Devonte Parker able to move the sticks and, and, eat up those outside targets. We see Jalen Waddle still gets his 11, uh, but these opportunities are going to be there just because uh, there's going to be weak spots in that defense when you have to pay so much attention to these other guys. So Josh, you mentioned Isaiah Ford. There's the Albert Wilson. There could be the revival story. Do you see someone maybe emerging as that guy? Because I still think it's really strange that you think Devonte Parker comes back and all of a sudden someone else is the better guy in the offense, but, but that's kind of what it is here. The way he plays, the way he kind of shifts safeties towards him. I mean, he's going to make his plays, but it opens up other opportunities too
3: can I joke and say Kirk Merritt are they finally going to unleash him during this (laughs) final quarter of the season um I the first person I thought of was Matt Collins I mean the announcers cannot even get him and Mike is you know they keep getting them confused so I think that speaks volumes of what type of presence Matt Collins can be and I continue to go back to the to the spring when everyone said he was this mismatch nightmare so I'm looking at his targets man we talked about what one reception last week zero the week before then two then zero then three I mean it looks like every other week he's catching a touchdown or something yeah oh damn yeah it is seven we seven nine eleven and thirteen he had a touchdown so i guess we can chalk him up if we count the bye we can chalk him up for a touchdown coming back so uh, let's go with matt write collins man i i, did, I just saw that that's, that's interesting like that. we might have to start him in daily fantasy you know i love that man and and that's not all we
2: have for odds and evens in the show that's welcome to the prelude um so josh oh, number two i have here is while we're watching games um rookies it's always so interesting to see how Guys get on these stretches, right? And I guess it's not even rookies, but we see it a lot with rookies. You know, maybe it's a slow star and then they figure it all out. And we use these generic sayings to kind of shortcut our way into the idea that this is such a complex game and it's such a hard sport to play at the top level that we say they just figured things out. But man, Javon Holland, Jalen Phillips, and Jalen Waddell, those three guys have been absolute studs for the Miami Dolphins. They have been so big for what this team has been doing over the last five games. I got to ask you, man, we're Dolphin fans. We have to have a little bit of doubt. Is that rookie wall coming? Is that rookie wall a possibility for this group? Because I think that's just my one concern. I mean, Jalen Phillips, what, six sacks in three weeks? Is that sustainable? Javon Holland being just a coverage monster, uh, someone who's going to hit the quarterback every game. Man, it's just been so exciting that, you know, you have to wonder where's the finish line.
3: Yeah. I mean, yes and no, I would be my answer to that question, Jake. I mean, Javon Holland in coverage. I mean, I don't think we really have to worry too much about what he can do there. I mean, you can see the physical attributes, just the range he has. And just, I mean, he's a ball hawk. You mentioned it the last time him and X out there. All right. It's fun to watch. And Jalen Phillips, I think that was the best point you made. I mean, there's no way we're going to see what six sacks over three weeks, you know, that's not sustainable. It's just not possible. But with the dolphins, you know, the way they scheme some of these things, the way they uh, apparently are just telling him to basically go out there and attack the quarterback, you know, maybe it could happen. I, I um, think one thing that's pretty interesting to me, Jake, is that Jalen Waddle right now has 86 receptions through 13 games. And Anquan Bolden, his record is on the horizon. He had 101 as a rookie back in 2013. So um, I guess my question to you, Jake, would be, um, do you think Jalen Waddell breaks that record? And do you think it happens in the 17 game season where we don't have to throw an asterisk on this bad boy?
2: Oh man, I, I I think there's a good chance because what if it's a 17 game season? He's got four games, so what four four receptions a game? I think that is completely possible. And it goes back to the you know the Devante Parker thing, just making everyone's life easier. Additionally, man, the the Baldy breakdowns this week. I don't know why he, he, he loves became, us. He loves us. Why does he become a dolphin? He saw it has so to many be the Yep, <laughs> and the two and on bullying people where he's like, dude, I I gotta I, I can't let these
3: guys, guys shut these mother into. effers up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So long story short, Josh, our number two here is, is there a rookie wall or did Chris Greer draft a bunch of Kool-Aid guys? We're just going to bash right on through it.
1: This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay.
3: Hello, I'm
0: Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What
1: are you two doing? Sorry, Chip.
3: Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Josh, number three.
2: Number three is one I think I'd want to see, and that is, can Michael Dieter play in a walking boot? Now, of course, I I hope he's healthy. I just think it'd be kind of funny to see someone wobbling out there in a uh, boot. Josh, he played the entire game against the Giants. But uh, Barry Jackson reported during Wednesday's walkthrough. Keep in mind, we have a buy, so no need to super panic.
3: Uh, but he had that boot on. So, I mean, based on Brian Flora's timeline, this leg should fall off in what, three to five days? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't know if he can play in a walking boot, Jake, but I think, you know, I, again, I just can't believe that, you know, heading into this year, there was such an uncertainty with this offensive line. And every time Michael Dieter's out there, I mean, you just want to see more. So I, I hope he's okay. I, I hope that, you know, maybe he can play through that injury. Maybe he can go out there and play with that walking boot. But um, again, I think this is one of those things where it would not surprise me one bit if, you know, down the road, we're seeing he's put on IR or something for the end of the year because that's just the way things seem to go and and just to throw it out there Patrick Laird was placed on IR so maybe we see more Philip Lindsay maybe Duke Johnson I mean where the hell has he been man put him on a milk cart
2: yeah I was actually writing about the running backs yesterday uh for the Finnsider also it, quick shout out it. to those guys hey I don't know if you read the comments on the Finnsider man oh, no. I, I don't oh, know God, no. <laughs> are they better now
0: <laughs> they were, they were there's awful.
2: one guy who comments <laughs> on everything and he just goes the Dolphins still have seven games left to play. They got to figure this out. You know, there, there's seven <laughs> games and he's just believe like, yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl, man. And I love it. I love it because it's just
3: so ridiculous, but, Send it but in, those
2: man. comments always make me smile. Um, uh, Josh, you mentioned some odd and even stuff with Mac Collins. I want to continue that with Jason Sanders. Um, uh, I don't want this to be like the, the pile on Jason Sanders party. Cause we talked about this a little bit, but man, I, I wrote this up in, in, again, article for the thin side go check it out. Uh, Can we fool Jason Sanders into thinking that January 2022, as the Dolphins compete for that playoff spot, uh, can we convince him that January doesn't count as part of the 2021 season, Josh? Uh, Because 2021, we spoke about all his struggles. Uh, However, think about it this way. Uh, He converted 90% of his field goals in 2018, and that number jumped to 92.3 in 2020 when he was a first-team All-Pro. In 2019, sandwiched between those years, 76.7. And right now, Josh, he's somewhere around 73%. How crazy is that where it seems like I didn't think Sanders was this up and down, but I mean, 2018, 2020, he was fantastic. And then we get these wobbly performances in in the audience for some reason. And I guess that's just
3: odd. That, that is, it's almost like that Matt Collins fantasy stat line that we just threw out there. I guess to me, Jake, I hope we can convince him. I hope that we can make him something with his confidence. I mean, is that not what it is? I mean, that's just the way I would imagine NFL kicker's life is you miss one, you miss two, and then you know, there's that doubt that lingers. I mean, it's last ball, year, yeah. this dude was freaking automatic. What do you have? 21 22 straight at one point. He was in mm-hmm. the pressers talking about how he picks a spot in the crowd and just goes out there and treats a 15 yard field. I don't even know if you can even kick a 15 yard field goal. I know <laughs> the answer. Uh, yeah, okay, so he. He goes out there and kicks like an, an extra point and you know he says it's the same mindset as kicking a 51 yarder. so I, I hope honestly what I hope most is Jake we have to convince him about that because I hope the Dolphins are playing a meaningful game in January where we go out there okay. and we have a chance where Jason Sanders is game on the line I mean I'm starting to get PTSD when I was younger and uh Pete Stojanovic shanked a field goal I think it was 93 or 94 that was the closest the Dolphins ever got to the Super Bowl so now I'm having PTSD hopefully hopefully Jason Sanders can rewrite history a little bit but um up and down performance PTSD PT yeah I don't know I always just no no I was joke like like a point after attempt oh nice yeah no I just I just assumed I was wrong Yeah, right over the head.
2: (laughs) Josh, it's so weird to look at Sanders this season because he's already missed six field goals. Additionally, man, he has missed two field goals between 30 and 39 yards this season. That is more than his previous three seasons combined. Uh, The Dolphins have lost, I think it's four games by three points or less, somewhere right in there. So as you approach the playoffs, I mean, I think it's important to keep in mind. And most of these questions for me come from the idea that I think the one in seven base of this team, you know, can't be forgotten, right? You don't lose seven games on accident. You can't just say, whoops, how did that happen? I don't know, because there are still weaknesses on this team. And this is one of them I'm a little bit concerned about. Can the Dolphins pull out those close games? That's how you make the playoffs because you're facing good teams. And, you know, in order to win close, you need those that extra point. You need those extra three points.
3: Yeah, and I, I want to ask you something, Jake, that I found interesting, and it's probably the whole Charlie thing. I don't know if you started watching a new season of Always Sunny, but it's it's pretty awesome. Man. But it's this whole Charlie thing where you know there's this theory that maybe Jason Sanders is missing these field goals. Maybe it's because there's it that Matt Hawk holding the kicks. Maybe it's M- polarity's fault and something to do with the holding there. So do you think that has any, any, I guess, effect on maybe some of Jason Sanders' misses? Because as others have said, that's pretty much the only thing that's changed from season well, I guess uh, those odd years, all those misses that you mentioned, I, that really can't be explained. But
2: I wonder if um, we, we should get a quarterback on and ask if people treat you differently once you throw a touchdown to them. Because that might be it. Yeah. Matt, Matt Hawk <laughs> threw that inter- there, the touchdown to um, Jason Sanders. So maybe that was like instantly then it became Bonnie and Clyde. They were ride and die. So we need to bring that out. Is that what you're saying? It's
3: time to bring yes. that play out. and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just- yeah, we got to reignite the new spark with Pilardi. Have him throw it lefty or something. I don't know. Yeah, and and he is lefty, right? Because that could be some part of it. I mean, I I don't know. It's just a theory that people have, and you know how we we love to run with our theories here, Jake. Uh, Last but not least, you have number five down here, and it says, could we have expected the success from Javon Holland after thinking Bobby McCain was okay last year? So do you want to give me your thoughts on that and everything you have written down? Because um, this is an interesting one for sure. Yeah, Josh.
2: So you kind of, this was another shower thought and you go back to, I think the off season, we were talking about how we thought, you know, Bobby McCain had a pretty decent year. That Dolphins defense was awesome. They finished the year 10 and six and you know, Bobby McCain in the back somehow made the switch to slot cornerback to safety. And he did a pretty decent job. I thought, and then you see that the Dolphins draft this guy, they draft another safety, despite, you know, that not being an issue. It's like drafting Noah Benogany again, in, in some sense, in some sense. Uh, but then, you know, he comes in, he has, he plays like Brandon Jones and you're like, what on earth is happening here? But Josh, then you see what Brian Flores saw in Holland and what he could maybe do a little differently than Bobby McCain. Um, and that just simply comes down to, I think it starts with quarterback hits. I mean, man, Javon Holland, he already has six quarterback hits on the year. I think Bobby McCain had none last season. Additionally, Javon Holland is at 51 tackles. Bobby McCain had 46 and two interceptions for Holland compared to one to McCain. I mean, I just thought this was such a weird transformation that I think if we were sitting here, you know, in, I don't know, January, we'd never expect it. So I just thought this would be an interesting case study of uh, what the Dolphins had and what they wanted. And you can kind of see, like, whether it's Javon Holland or Raquan Davis, Brian Flores seems to understand what he needs in those second, third round guys
3: on the defensive side to make them hit. But once they're in the first round, all bets are off. All bets are off. And I keep wondering, you know, I I continuously say, you know, Chris Greer is a pat on the back for some of those first-round picks, some of those guys he drafted this year. But can we both admit, Jake, you know, Javon Holland Jalen Phillips, you would have had to ask Brian Flores, which of those, you know, which safety do you want in this draft? Which pass rusher do you want, right? This isn't Chris yeah. Greer going out Great there point. and saying, oh, I want Jalen Phillips. I want Javon Holland. Those picks, in my opinion, were all Brian Flores. So, I mean, that to me was so, the gutsy thing they went with. You know, we went out there and got Javon Holland when the world wanted them to draft a running back. And, you know, earlier in the year, I have egg on my face now, but one of the biggest things when they did move Bobby McCain was, you know, what was going to happen with the communication in the secondary? You know, how are people mm-hmm. going to get lined up when you got a rookie out there? You know, transitioning to the NFL game getting a lot on you this saw plate. The issues early yeah you did see the issues early and you mentioned it. i mean bobby mccain wasn't coming off the edge doing some of those things that javon holland was you know i think javon holland you can see that he is just a difference maker you know whether it's blitzing the quarterback whether it's you know again, sideline to sideline and coverage. I mean, he can do a little bit of everything and I, uh, I forget who it was, but someone mentioned uh, one of the Dolphins players say, you know, he reminds me of a young Eric Berry. I'm not going to tell him that, but he reminds me of Eric Berry. And I mean, you can definitely see that. So this is a player that again, I if it was up to me, we might not even have Javon Handel on the Dolphins, but now that he's here, I mean, he's nicknamed the snowman, dude, he is icy as hell. And I'm just excited to see you know, where he goes from here. I mean, Brandon Jones, he's been in and out of the lineup, right? He's he hasn't even played the last few weeks. And once those two are back out there, once the Bash brothers come and do their thing man it's going to be exciting to watch I
2: Man, he's the he's the snowman but he's the snowball it seems like because <laughs> once he gets that first play it just builds on it and it builds on it and he just kind of wrecks an entire game and, and that has certainly been something to watch Josh you, you sprinkled in something here at the end for me and it was also in the finsider comments so go ahead bring it up let's talk about it and let's see why this should be a segment why the Dolphins should sign this
3: guy who was just cut. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, we'd love that. Don't we? I mean, every time a player's cut, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it, but there, I mean, if I've skipped one, Philip I mean, Lindsay never, was every, the
2: first that ever worked. Right. I yeah. Think.
3: Phil, one of them. Yeah. Philip Lindsay. I mean, we were all over that and he, we haven't seen him since, but I, Zach Cunningham man, the, the linebacker who at one point, you know, he was a stud. I don't haven't really watched too many Houston Texans games, you know, recently, you know, shocked, but um Cunningham, he made 9 million this year. He was released and, for the rest of this year his base salary is 900,000 so Jake, for a guy that's 26 years old, I mean, he signed that huge contract this year with the Houston Texans. I think they're releasing him now. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? The Dolphins need a linebacker. I mean, Zach Cunningham's a playmaker. Again, I don't know if he's the same player he was when, you know, I, I fell in love with him back in the 2017 draft. I'll make sure I retweet that article I wrote for the Finsider since you're plugging everything. I'll make sure I retweet that. But Jake, give me your thoughts on Zach Cunningham because right now the Dolphins, I think, are 13th in waiver if he falls there. I mean, 900000 for this year. I mean, is it not worth it just for the compensatory pick if if you were to walk, I mean, I don't know how many years or what his contract looks like moving forward, but this is a guy that I think the Dolphins should definitely have interest in.
2: I can't tell you much about him, but I can tell you about what the Dolphins are doing. And Landon Roberts actually just had his best game of the season. I think it was against the Giants. who actually looked pretty strong uh, in the center of that defense. Additionally, Josh, we already tried this with the Texans linebacker, and it didn't go too well. So that's kind of where I sit on this I had this to one. bring that up. Don't. <laughs> yeah, and you, you, you funny. I, I feel so bad because there's these... Kirk Merritt, Isaiah Ford, these guys that you love, all of a sudden it's just like, we have to say these things in a certain
3: light. Yeah. Over his career, Jake, 562 total tackles. So this is a guy that's productive. Again, I don't know that he's the same player he once was earlier in his year, you know, that warranted that $58 million extension. But if we know the Dolphins, man, any chance they have to upgrade a position, you know, no matter how good Atlanta Roberts looks, no matter how good Jerome Baker is, I mean, if they have a chance to bring in a Zach Cunningham, I mean, you know, maybe that's that missing linebacker that helps push this team into the postseason. But again, um, Jake, I, I don't know that he's gonna fall there to that 13th spot, but interesting nonetheless.
2: Yeah. And you know, I, I do like having these conversations because again, there's there's one game a week. What else are we going to talk about? Right. So guys, that is it. You listen to the entire prelude of the bye week. And I think Josh said the best thing of the day. And it's none of this stuff would be happening if this was a 12 game Losing streak. There would be no waddles. There'd be no flying offensive linemen. There'd be no spitballs. You no know, spit and balls. I think that's <laughs> y- yes. And, and that's why I think it's just been so much fun. And, and we wanted to have a little more fun with that today. So best of luck to everyone in their fantasy league. You can hear me complaining about fantasy, I'm sure, all weekend long. You can find me on Twitter at jmendel 94 Josh. Josh has everything dolphins related. Um, recently did an interview with ESPN Honolulu. He tweeted that out, so be sure to check that out at H O U T Z. I think we're going to call it a week on this one. We're going to enjoy a little bye week. We will be back early next week. I don't know what we're going to do because we always do a recap, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll find something. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Jake and Josh show on Finsider Radio. For Jake Mendel, that is Josh Houts. We'll talk to you next
3: time.
2: Enjoy uh, the bye. This is the
0: Finsider Radio, part of the Finnsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the
1: Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're always in control, and when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.